Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Hey, do you want to get your hands on some Hey Bartender Podcast merchandise? Head on over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and you'll find all sorts of really cool Hey Bartender t-shirts, Bartender Pride shirts, and a couple other groovy things. Just remember to head over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and get your stuff today. There's also other cool stuff there, like drink recipes, my personal blog. Head over there now. Not right now. The show's starting. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I am the dude. I am your bartender for the evening. How y'all doing tonight? Sit down, relax, let's have a little conversation. Or maybe not, I might be too busy, you never know. Hell, I'm a uh, podcaster now, I'm not a bartender anymore. You can't shut me up. So, what are we going to do tonight? Let's talk about tonight's drink special. You know what, I looked up and I decided I wanted to do something gin-based. So, we're going to talk about the aviation cocktail. Now, how you make the aviation cocktail... Uh, your ingredients are two ounces of gin. Uh, this website, liquor.com, actually suggests to try it with Bombay Sapphire. But since it's an aviation cocktail, why don't you go grab a bottle of that aviation gin that Ryan Reynolds owns? Ryan Reynolds, uh, you know, can I have some money for advertising your product? Or please don't sue. Anyway, the aviation cocktail, you take two ounces of gin, one half ounce of maraschino liquor, one quarter ounce creme de uh, voila, or creme Yvette, take your pick on that, and a three-quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice. You put all that in your shaker with some ice, shake, and strain, and it's served in a martini glass, neat or up, however you like to um, call it, and, you know, serve it cold. So, you know, if any of you go out there and you try out the aviation... uh, Whoa, well, that was a burp. uh, The aviation cocktail... Let us know what you thought of it on the Facebook page or email me and tell me what you thought about it and I'll read it over the air. Email me at heybartenderpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, I'd love to know some of these drink recipes I've never heard of and I've never tried. And I would love to hear what you guys think of some of these, uh, some of this goofy stuff. And I'm sure a lot of bartenders out there want to learn new drinks. Because, like I've said before, bartenders aren't allowed to experiment anymore because a lot of bar owners are paying attention to their liquor costs. And, you know, know, they practically draw a line at the end of the night on every bottle and then compare it to their sales. That's got to be really freaking annoying. However, go out and give it a shot. And let me know what you thought. So, everybody sitting down, everybody relaxed. Some of you probably driving, keep both hands on the steering wheel. Uh, pay no attention to that text message that you just got. Come on, people, drive safely. What's wrong with you? 
Uh, or if you're just, you know, bopping around the house and listening to this podcast, I appreciate you letting me into your house. That's really nice of you. Hey, do uh, you mind if I steal some of this stuff? Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm nowhere near you. So, you know, I had a thought this last week. Uh, I, I was a bartender for a long time, and, you know, I did a show a little while ago called The Perpetual Nice Guy Syndrome. And I've seen uh, nice guys come and go in uh, bar situations all the time. And sometimes things work out well for them, and other times they just flat out disappear. Don't know what happened to them. Or maybe they, uh, the nice guy disappear into the woodwork of the bar, and they're just not noticed anymore because they are masked. They are covered up by the asshole of the bar. That's right. Assholes in bars. They do exist. I don't care what you say. Assholes are everywhere. I mean, you uh, you walk around and uh, walk around one of these days with a pen and paper, or put it on your smart pad or whatever you know people new- use nowadays, and write down the name of every single asshole that you uh, run into in a day. You're gonna have about thirty or forty names by lunch. That joke's by George Carlin, by the way. Please don't sue. Anyway, uh, I mean assholes come into the bar. And sometimes they don't even start out as assholes. A couple of shots of Jack Daniels and say, hey, fuck you. Fuck you and all anything that you fucking have to do with. And then the bartender has to sit there and, okay, calm down, sit down. Let's, you know, chill out just for a second. How about some water? I don't want any water. Give me another another Jack on the Rocks. Uh, I can't give you a Jack on the Rocks. How about some coffee? All right, how about an Irish coffee? Okay, you don't get me, asshole. See? That's where the asshole came up, because when you cut that asshole off, he, you tell him Coke, coffee, or water, and then he says Jack and Coke. And he's, no, oh, okay, Irish coffee. No, okay, scotch and scotch and soda. Oh, come on, for fuck's sake! No, assholes. You know, that's one of the things that um, some people say about alcohol, as it intensifies your personality. But Bill Cosby brought it up. Because um, he said it in one of his stand-up shows. Is, well, why do you do cocaine? Why do you do that stuff? Well, because it intensifies your personality. Yeah, but what if you're an asshole? And so, when if you come into the bar as an asshole, and you start drinking, you become an even bigger asshole. Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah, well, maybe it's just me. But I've, you know, I have to say... That being an asshole, when you're in a bar situation, you stand out. I mean, you can be the nicest guy in the world. You can pull out a seat for a woman. You can compliment her the way she looks. But as soon as this asshole comes in and starts trying to take control of the situation, well, not even trying, he takes control of the situation is loud, is obnoxious, and, you know, he gets the attention. The nice guys usually are pretty laid back, a little quiet. They say nice things, but it doesn't stand out in a crowd. For some crazy reason in this wild world of ours, assholes get more attention because they are louder. They stand out in a crowd, and... Unfortunately, that's just the way it works. And I've seen many a situation 
where people are just sit there and go, that guy's an asshole. But then they end up talking with him and joking with him. And I don't know if his uh, level of asshole, asshole, level of being an asshole, that's what I'm looking for. Level of being an asshole is uh, diminished once he gets the attention he craves. It just, he's just knows I got to come in and I'm a schmuck. I'm a complete douchebag. I'm an asshole. And, you know, I, I used, I used to sit back and think, you know, maybe that's the way to do it because Dennis Leary, he wrote a whole song on it. And I love that song. Uh, and it, you come in shouting out your opinions, shouting out, uh, whatever it happens to be on your mind uncensored and you can be labeled as an asshole but everybody knows you right after that now i'm going to start this part early in the show i was thinking about leaving this until the wrap-up but i'm not telling you guys to be an asshole when you go into a bar no no don't do that be yourselves but i'm just want to talk about the asshole personality for a second by the way, this uh, podcast is probably going to have a lot of swearing in it since the main topic is asshole. I'm going to say asshole quite a bit. And if that bothers anybody out there, uh, well, let me know. Uh, uh, but swearing uh, is just one of those things. And hopefully I use it in the right context in order to make it sound like it's a regular piece of speech than just filler you know that's just you know where i say asshole for the sake of saying asshole no but i'm talking about the noun asshole and the first type of asshole that pops into mind is the guy that picks up the women and now how does this uh, guy become an asshole so the the first guy that pops into my mind is this guy already had a really pretty girlfriend really pretty and uh whenever she was in town she uh, he was always faithful to her he uh he was uh always smiling and uh, you know doing the boyfriend girlfriend thing but as soon as she left town she was a stewardess um oh, can you say that anymore flight attendant flight attendant that's what i'm supposed to say um uh, as soon as she left town doing her flight attendant thing, he start went look uh, to go looking for some a uh, little bit of spare, uh, you know, a little bit of scratch on the side, and a lot of girls fell for it. And you know the the fact that he was cheating on this girl to me made him an asshole. This guy had game. I mean, he was all you know. He knew how to charm the women. He knew uh, the things to say, what they wanted to hear to get him in the sack every single time. Well, maybe it, maybe not every single time, but a, quite a few, actually. Because uh, I'm sure there were women that were just, you know, like, I'm not falling for this shit. But the, there were women that I saw that f- fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And they sat back and thought, oh, he's going to be my boyfriend from here on out. But as soon as... As his flight attendant uh, girlfriend came back into town, she all of a sudden he was all about her, and then she would find out that he'd been fooling around while she was gone. She'd get mad. They get near breakup. He'd uh, say that he wanted to marry her, and then they get back together. 
I am not lying about this. It's not being misogynistic if it's true. And so I'm just laying it out. This guy played women all the time. And it it was uh almost noteworthy. You know, if I were a scientist, you know, trying to study the human condition, that would be the type of guy that I would follow around because how does he make it work? He's not that good looking. He's probably weighs a buck 40 sopping wet, but he still had the charm and personality to talk women into whatever he wanted. And to keep a woman that is pretty, has a good job, has a good career, interested in him after he goes out and fools around with about a dozen other women whenever she's gone, that's just, you know, freaking witchcraft, if you ask me. However, that personality does happen, and it's interesting to watch. And when the nice guy sees things like that happen, he sits back and goes, you know, how did, how in the world... This woman says that she wants a nice guy, and she falls for somebody like that. She knew he had a girlfriend. She knew that he was in a relationship but did she, you know did was he able to uh, make her start thinking that she was the one uh, you know uh, I'm you know I was just fooling around with that girl but you are definitely the girl for me until she gets back you know hey you know the nice guys would probably just sit back and go how the hell does that happen you know I've called her beautiful I've called her uh, I've pulled her chair out I've driven her all over creation but then she goes home with that guy? What the hell am I doing wrong? So, that's that's the first type of asshole that I've seen in the bar. The second type that pops into my mind. Uh, this guy is, let's say, the leech. Uh, comes into the bar, has a few friends that hang out there already, and for some reason never has cash. Never has money, and but is able to get a drink in front of him all the time. No, he doesn't steal the drinks in front uh, from any other table. His friends buy it for him all the time, and it. And I'm sure that there are customers out there that sit back and say, and you know, I I buy an awful lot of drinks for that guy. And he never has any money. And eventually, I'm sure some of the people sit back and say, you know, I'm not buying for you tonight because I've bought for you for the last three nights. And, you know, it's time you bought me something. Oh, you're not drinking tonight. You just want water. Okay. Uh, now, these leeches, they are in every bar. If you don't think they're in every bar, you're probably the leech. And uh, But... You know, typically they have a low to no paying job and uh, they always have some kind of sob story to go along with uh, along with their life. And it's like, oh, the teachers uh, always treated me like shit when I was in school or the drill sergeant always yelled at me when I was in the military or, you know, it's family problems or, you know, that it's all devilish ploys to get free drinks or free money, or whatever. 
And those people drive me absolutely batty. Because as the bartender, I would stand behind the bar and see this person, uh, you know, talk to these people and not have anything in his hand. But then all of a sudden the person says, hey, why don't I buy you a drink? And it's, well, okay. And so they end up drinking free. And uh, then eventually they start marveling at themselves. It's like, I've been here all night, had seven drinks and haven't paid for a single one. Yes, I have met that guy. And yes, he annoys the piss out of me. But that guy is also the same guy that always figures out how to crash on somebody's uh, couch. And, and, you know, they it, it just... Odds are that person lives at home with their mother and they just don't want to go home that night or they don't want to get harassed by their mother. Why are you drunk? And uh, so they say, you know, I got troubles at home. Can I crash on your couch tonight? And, you know, they're probably, they don't uh, probably have never had an apartment in their names in their life. But should I call them an asshole? Sure. Should I feel sorry for them? You know what? No, I don't feel like it. You know why? Because that guy always has an escape plan. The, and the escape plan usually falls in with once I can't get anything from that place, I'll move on to the next. And the next place is right over there. So, no, I don't feel sorry for him. it um, because they actually work harder at ruining, uh, you know, running their lives than if they actually had a job and paid for their own drinks and, you know, just acted like a normal human being instead of just trying to leech off of people all the time. But I got to be honest with you people here today. Uh, calling somebody an asshole can depend on my day. When I was behind the bar, I could be having a great day. Nobody's an asshole. Everybody's a nice guy. Everybody's, uh, you know, perfect. It's a bright and sunny day. But then all of a sudden, one day or even one moment can change everything. And, you know, you had this, uh, you just have that attitude where you're just not all there that day, then everybody's an asshole. So coming up with this show was actually a little bit difficult because I sat back and I thought, oh, how many assholes do I remember serving? You know what? Everybody was an asshole from time to time. So I got to, you know, work up some kind of top five list or something like that, or, uh, you know, try to bring them up, bring them together um, in categories. And it's that became really tough because, you know, when you're working behind the bar, you're having a good day, you're having a bad day, it can completely change your attitude or your outlook on everybody. Next asshole that I remember seeing, uh, well, he started out as an asshole, but he and I ended up uh, being... Friendly. I won't say we're, we were friends, but we were friendly towards each other. But at first, I thought, this guy's an asshole. Uh, because he would come into the bar as if he was a celebrity. Royalty, or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I know everybody. Hey, you know, that, hey, you, you know, you know just shake, you know. And uh, trying to impress whoever he's with, with his clout. And, you know... The first time I met him, 
the the reason why I considered him an asshole at first is because the first time I met him, he said, uh, he got, you know, I told him my name and, you know, we introduced each other and all of a sudden he's like, Hey, Anthony and I are good friends. He'll set you up. And isn't that right, Anthony? And I said, I don't know. I don't, I just met you. I don't think of you as a good friend. And that was like, uh, he, he had the Rocky theme playing in his head. And then as soon as like, I don't know, I just met you. And all of a sudden the record needle skipped him. And, you know, just completely threw off his whole game. And I, then I was like, what, you, what kind of asshole are you think, uh, thinking that I just met you tonight and I'm going to help boost your clout? And no, I don't know you. You might be, uh, you know, guy that kills kittens and, you know, you want me to pretend like you're, I'm friendly with you when I just met you? No, I'm not going to do that. So this guy, uh, he is, uh, he turned out to actually being a nice guy. Just usually whenever he came in, uh, to the bar, to my bar, uh, late at night after another bar that he was just at closed down, he would come into my bar and then, uh, he would be happy. I won't say drunk, but he was happy and just, you know, think that he was big shit. And, you know, when you think you're big shit like that, there's guys like me uh, who will remind you, no, you're just being an asshole. Does that make me an asshole? Probably. You know, I'm not going, I'm not going to take myself off this list. And, but it's not about me right now. It's about that dude. I mean, he knew how to speak to people. He knew how to get people's attention it's like he studied it. And then I found out that he was uh, involved in uh, politics a little bit. So that made everything uh, pretty much come clear to me that he, oh, that's what, that's why he talks like that. That's why he's automatically friends with whoever he goes up to. And uh, I scared the shit out of him one night because I think he thought it would be funny. Uh, I was, uh, uh, I was there to visit uh, Shannon when she was bartending. And I decided to go play a little bit of video poker uh, when she was really busy. And I saw him peek around the corner and see me sitting there playing. And I thought to myself, he's going to try to sneak up on me. And yes, he did. He came over and tried to put me in a headlock. And as soon as his arm got around my neck, I put my foot up against the slot machine or the video poker machine and pinned him up against the wall between the chair uh, and the wall. And he's all of a sudden like, Whoa, man, you, you got to calm down just a little bit. Jeez. And I said, don't sneak up on me like that, man. You don't know what's going to happen. And he never did after that. No. Uh, so that was just a knee jerk reaction. And, uh, you know, I, was, I didn't want to be in a headlock. That's bottom line. But as time went on, he and I came to a mutual understanding and knew where we each other stood. And of course, yes, with Shannon's help, she kind of coached him on my sense of humor. And he understood where I was coming from. And I understood where he was coming from. So we ended up getting along pretty well and became uh, halfway decent friends. But that, you know... He started out as an asshole for me. 
Let's see. Next up on my asshole list, we got the creepy asshole of the bar. Yes, the creepy asshole. Now, there's uh, many different levels of creepiness, but we're going to talk about this one guy in particular. This guy was really weird. Uh, in, In fact, I'm surprised. I would not be surprised if there weren't restraining orders or something on this guy by now. Because he, well, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, because he was borderline stalker when he came into the bar and he would stick around for hours and hours to try to, to get the attention of some woman. And here, here's how it would happen. This guy, uh, during the week, he would come in in his work clothes and, you know, it was... It was in the um, middle of the 2000s, and he had tinted prescription glasses. Nobody wore tinted prescription glasses around that time. Come on. And so he was, uh, he would order Coors Light, uh, bloody Coors Light. That's uh, Coors Light with a little bit of tomato juice in it. Maybe a couple of dashes of salt just for flavor, I guess. And he would down those bastards uh, really quickly. But when he saw a woman that he was interested in, he would just stand nearby her and wait. And maybe once in a while, if she said something that was remotely funny, he would start laughing, hoping that grabbed her attention. Most of the time, in fact, the whole time, he when he was in my bar at least, that never worked. But he, uh, he would basically stand around... And then uh, down those Coors, bloody Coors lights like crazy. And I'd have to, you know, it's one another one of those customers where when you pour him your, his first one, you might as well start pouring him his second one because he's going to be done with it by the time the second one comes, by the time you turn around. And so he wasn't necessarily uh, quiet, but he what didn't really say a whole lot but until he got the attention that he was searching for. But he would inevitably, if there was a woman that was interesting to him, he would stand nearby them as close as he could and wait for them to give him attention. And, you know, maybe that doesn't go under asshole. Maybe that goes under creepy. Uh, more along those lines. But when... You force yourself into somebody else's personal space. That makes you an asshole. Possibly rapist. But, you you know, that makes you an asshole. It, uh, I mean, if you're not going to say anything, if you're not going to introduce yourself, and you're just in their space waiting for them to make the first move, that makes you an asshole. And, you know, take control. But, you know, don't just stand there and say, I'm in your personal space, so you got to talk to me eventually. Now, you schmuck, knock it off. But that dude would uh, down those bloody Coors Lights really fast. And so, you know, Coors Light and, uh, you know, you can, you know, it's like alcoholic water. And uh, so he would eventually ha- uh, have to be cut off because, one, he was stumbling all over himself and if he's stumbling all over himself, he's in somebody's personal space and he's stumbling all over them too. But the funny thing about this guy uh, 
was on his nights off because it used to crack me up to no end because he dressed, you knew when his days off were because he dressed exactly the same way. Okay, ladies, hold on to your purses because this is, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a visual of this guy. Ladies, picture this cowboy boots, jeans, pink button up shirt, long sleeve, leather vest, and those tinted prescription glasses with his hair combed back, receding hairline. Now, ladies, sit there and picture that for a minute. Is this guy begging for attention? What do you? Uh, what would you ladies think if you saw a guy dressed like that? You know, send me your thoughts on that. Hey, bartender podcast at gmail.com. I I am serious. This guy dressed this way, and you know it. Well, it was always on his night off. It was like that was his only uh, nice clothes. It's probably his Sunday's best. I don't know, but he every time he, he saw a woman that he thought was potentially interesting. And then stand in her, work hard to either stand in her line of sight or be in her personal space. Yeah, I'm still going to put him up as a creepy asshole. And another thing about the creepy asshole, though, is yes, he takes away the opportunity for the nice guy. Because, of course, the nice guy is going to be a little bit shy, maybe a little bit careful of how he approaches a woman. But the nice guy is also careful about approaching a woman that looks like she's potentially there with somebody else. And when you've got a creepy asshole standing that close to another woman and they think, well, she must be with him. So I I probably shouldn't, um, shouldn't approach him because she's in a relationship. And, you know, sorry, ladies, that's one of the times where you missed out on a nice guy. You know, sorry. You know, in this bartender's this bartender's worthless opinion, everybody has a potential of being an asshole from time to time, especially when you're a rookie when it comes to drinking. It you know you wait your whole life to reach the age of 21, and you're like, woohoo! I can go drink now. That's what I've been looking forward to. That's what adults do, and adults make it look fun. It looks fun on TV. I can't wait to start down in beers and carrying on with my friends. And, uh, you know, they just, they go by with what they see on TV. And just like everything on TV, drunk TV is not the same as real life drunk. I am, you know, sorry to break it to some of you out there, but it's true. And, you know, it, the rookies always uh, make those mistakes, the rookie mistakes when it comes to going out and drinking. And they never realize the ramifications that can come along with it. Now, there's a group of assholes that I remember when I was bartending that, that if they didn't have, they didn't find somebody to beat the shit out of when they were out drinking, they beat the shit out of each other. And... Uh, like it, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I did talk about it one night where, uh, the, these guys, when they came into the bar, they purposely stood up high so that they could look down on you and tried to be intimidating. Now I'm not a big guy and 
uh, but you know, people rarely intimidated me because I'm, I was usually like, go ahead try to kick my ass. I mean, if you're successful, you know, good for you. You're going to go to jail. If you're not successful, that sucks. You're going to jail. And, uh, I mean, in the bar situation, not in real life, in real life, I probably be in a fetal position in the corner of, uh, uh, in the corner of the room, repeating pancakes over and over again. But, you know, in the bar situation, these kids that are looking for a fight, they think that's what part of the whole drinking experience is getting in a bar fight. And, uh, there's one kid that decided it was okay to say a couple racial slurs to, um, uh, to another guy and ended up getting into a fight. And he kept trying to sneak back in after I 86 him. When you're 86, you are gone. You do not come back. And if you do try to come back, you've got to at least talk to me first. That's the rule. So I can either say, no way in hell, get the fuck out of here. Or, you know what? I think you paid your penance. You've learned your lesson. All right, what do you want? And sometimes I was nice about that. Other times not so nice, depending on how bad they left the bar. And, but the the group of assholes, it, they were just over-amped kids. And, you know, it, there were a couple situations where it actually looked like uh, you know, you got your two alpha males, the bulldogs that, uh, you, you know, that really big, really tough, probably don't have a single brain in between them. And they have that one little guy that just hangs around them. And in this case, the little guy would wander around, start to pick the fights and then have the two big guys finish it up. And it drove me absolutely insane. And because I'd have to make sure I watched them and not overserve them or, you know, overserve meaning, you know, once they get to second beer, that's enough. Or make them wait at least a half hour to soak in that alcohol and then either get tired and leave or um, maybe they can have another one depending on what their mood is at that point in time. But, you know, one the one little guy would always pick the fight. And then the two big guys go, what the hell, man? What are you do- doing to my buddy here? And then the fight would, in- fight would start. But the little guy was also the target for the two big guys. If the two big guys didn't, you know, all of a sudden built up a lot of energy and decided, you know what? I need to fight tonight. And so they'd turn around and say, hey. Let's beat up the little guy and beat the living shit out of him. But he would still be friends with them the next day thinking, oh, it's just something we do. It's just joking around. And, you know, not only are you an asshole, you're a stupid asshole. And that's way worse. But, you know, being an asshole, it can't be all that bad because, you know, you stand out in a crowd and you... People uh, all know you're there, and you get noticed. And maybe you're having a bad night, and all of a sudden you've got all the attention uh, in the in the place. That's why, uh, in some cases, 
the assholes get more dates. That's why they get more friends because they stick out in the crowd. And when you're a nice guy, unfortunately, the way this world works nowadays, being just nice is doesn't get you noticed. It cuz Everybody can be nice according to the world nowadays. Unfortunately, that's how it works. If you want to get noticed somehow in this world, you've got to be, say or do something that offends people. And that causes people to talk about you. And then all of a sudden, you become the biggest thing. I mean, you th you think Howard Stern would be where he's at today if he respected women? You think, uh, you know, the president... If he hadn't said all uh, all that stuff about building the wall and all that stuff, you think uh, he would have he would have been president? Probably not. Being an asshole for some strange reason makes you stick out in a crowd. In a bar situation, very much so because the room is a lot smaller and uh, people are condensed. And you become the center of attention. And if you're an asshole and you love attention, yep, that's you're right where you need to be. But keep in mind, you know, people only stick around assholes for so long. People will only back up assholes for so long. And then eventually you're on your own. So maybe start out that way, but learn to lighten up, would you? Anyway, time to switch gears here. To this week's musical guest, we have the Visceral Noise Department. From their album, Distant Banging, this is Visceral Noise Department with the song Olympic Gold in Mental Gymnastics. Enjoy.
From the album Distant Bang, that was Visceral Noise Department with their single Olympic Gold in Mental Gymnastics. If you want to find out more about them, you can head head on over to bandcamp.com, search them out there. You can uh, find their Facebook page. You can also find a link to their personal web page and, you know, check out more of their stuff. You know, they've kind of got that punk, uh, grunge-inspired, psychedelic, blues rock type of thing going for them. They got some good stuff, trust me. Anyway, you know, during that song, I had a chance to sit back and think a a little bit. Being an asshole, that is pretty much everybody's right. That's what everybody can do if they should so choose. Just remember... Lighten up every once in a while. I mean, everybody has gone home at least one or time, one or two times a week thinking, God, I was a real dick right back there. The important thing, though, is to have a conscience about it. And, you know, maybe tell the person sorry the next day if you have the opportunity. Uh, or, you know, just try to be nicer a little bit later. I mean... Me as a bartender, even I'm an asshole a lot of the times. Except now, in my old age, I am very aware of it. And, you know, at my age right now, I most of the time do it on purpose. Just because I can. I mean, I used to cut off people just for the sake of cutting off people. It was just, nah, you're done. But I've only had one drink. Nah, you're done. Get out. I don't like you. Uh, You know, it's... Or, you know, I'd go off a little bit too much about my favorite band. Okay, so what? I think the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. and But doesn't mean that uh, Green Day didn't put out a couple good songs. I mean, they, they did. I mean, but, you know, when I come out with my opinion, I can be a little bit strong about things like that, especially when it comes to pop culture or music. And, you know, I... You know, there were times where I was just, I'm, I was able to set myself back and just say, okay, look, they're a Megadeth fan. That is okay, even though you think Metallic is better. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. There's no point in being an asshole and telling them that they're wrong. Anyway, last call, people. Last call for alcohol. If you want anything, uh, well, you're not going to get it from me because this is a podcast. But just remember. I want you all to uh, be careful when you drink and drive. Try not to do that. If you get too drunk, get yourself an Uber, get yourself a cab, get yourself a Lyft. And hey, remember to share, like, and subscribe to my show. Uh, I could really use uh, some input from you guys. Use a couple stories. If you guys have any stories that you'd like to share, email me. Hey, bartenderpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your stories, read them on the air. Hell, I'd even love to have you guys on the show. If you want to be on the show, email me at heybartenderpodcast at gmail.com. We can make it happen. If you want to uh, have your personal music, your band wants to be promoted on this show, you guys do the same thing. Heybartenderpodcast at gmail.com. We get you guys on the show. We get you hundreds of listeners, guaranteed, eventually. But, you know, not all at once. But anyway, as usual, I'd like to tell you guys lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anybody. This is the Dude with a Bartender podcast. Have a good night.
I had to blow 